Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, we just had a half-hour conversation with Mark Spector and uh, Eric Francis out of Calgary about the situation that the Flames are in. Edmonton's uh, having a, a little bit different type of summer uh, to this date. A man that has coached in both cities is back on board as an Oilers assistant coach, got his contract uh, extended, worked out a deal um, uh, to remain uh, on the Oilers coaching staff. We welcome back to our, the show Glenn Gullitson. He's our Oilers now headliner for a Wilhock beef jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Glenn, how you doing? Good stuff. How are you doing? I'm I'm all right. Um, I, I you know I, I don't know if you're comfortable saying it, so I'm gonna I'll just throw it out there. Are you watching with interest what's going on uh, in Calgary? First, Johnny Goodrow, who you coached, uh, electing uh, to make a decision seemingly at the 24th hour, uh, 11th hour, to 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 leave and go in a free agency, and now the scenario involving uh, Matthew Kachuk. You coached both those players. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not really surprised at uh at Johnny leaving. Um I uh I wouldn't be surprised if Matthew did either, but I am surprised uh you know, it caught me by surprise where Johnny went. Yeah. Uh going to Columbus I think has surprised a lot of us. Uh it's kind of interesting how it all ended up playing out. Um you know, you've had this relate. You've been with the Oilers coaching staff uh, since 1819. Uh, you originally came aboard, uh, you know, basically to be an associate to, to Todd McClellan after being the head coach of the Calgary Flames. Uh, you elected to uh, stay with the organization. I know you had other opportunities to go elsewhere. What were the sort of uh, deciding factors that uh, you know allowed you, in your mind, to feel in good conscience to to remain with the Oilers organization? You know, stuff. Uh, without sounding sappy, I will tell you. You know, I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, you know, working for this organization. Right from Daryl to Bob to Kenny, um, it was uh, for for me on the inside. It, it's uh, it's an organization that really treats its people very well. Um, you know, that, that's certainly one of the reasons. But you know, if you take a look around, obviously the biggest reason um, is is the chance to win and. Um, you know, coming on board here for, you know, we signed uh, our three-year deals here just uh, a few weeks ago. And just knowing what we did in the playoffs and then looking at our players and then, uh, you know, obviously Connor and Leon and, and, and the group here, I don't think there's been a better time, you know, in, in the recent uh, time to, to be an Edmonton Oiler. Yeah, well, I ordered to be an Oilers broadcaster, to be frank with you. Uh, 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 and we have lots of conversations uh, when we're on the plane uh, during the course of the last few seasons, Glenn. Uh, I got to Maybe you could educate our listeners here. You've, you know, you run the power play. You've got a really unique relationship with Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle. They are committed guys, aren't they? 
Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, what I've seen in those two young guys over the last, you know, my last four years here is just, um, you know, a a gradual maturity into into players that I can I can tell you, you know, I've coached a lot of guys that had their own uh, success in mind. And what I see for those two young guys is how they've they've completely kind of given themselves over to the game and the team and just wanting to win. And, uh, you know, I've, 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 you know, listened to them and I've watched them both speak. I know Connor said, you know, I really don't care. Uh, I think one of his things said, I really don't care about winning any more, uh, you know, awards. I, I really just want to win. Uh, they live it. They live it. And, and actually it, it, it's quite impressive to be around because when you have that type of mentality in the locker room, uh, I always like as a coach to to say, you know, what's your internal why? And uh, certainly with those two guys, it's to win. And uh, that gets infectious, and it, it makes them better leaders. It makes them better players, and, and it certainly drives them every day. Did you see a maturation with the team during the course of the Calgary series? Because you guys had lost 9-5 in the regular season. You lost game one and 9-6. Uh, you know, you're down 3-1 at one point in game, or, or sorry, uh, you know, lost 9-6 in game one. You're down 3-1 in game two. I, I'm sure you guys never stopped having belief, but there seemed to be a bit of an evolution with the team as that series went on, Glenn. Yeah, there's no question it did. There's no question. If you stop, I think you and I had a conversation way back in December and uh, people were, when, when things weren't going well and people were, um, uh, you know, most people, and for for rightly for for good reasons, most people were were questioning where where we're going and what that locker room was like. And I, I think I said to you that you know I, I've been in that locker room, and there's a difference now than two years ago. And that was the the word was resolve. There's a lot of resolve, and you could see that resolve come out in the playoffs, game six and seven in L.A. You know, after game one in in Calgary, um, these guys really instead of. Uh, you know, uh, you know, and I think I think a little bit has to do with our personnel. You know, we we beefed up our personnel. They they know they've got more backing, but our whole group, our leadership group, really dug its heels in in, in those occasions. And uh, certainly, I thought uh, you know the second part to the season, they dug their heels in game six and seven. They did, and uh, certainly after game one in the Calgary series. Now you go to that Colorado series. Um, yeah, it was four straight, but if you look at it, it's a little closer than four straight. There was game three, uh, a, a puck goes off a post with nine minutes left and then ends up in our net the other end at the end of a power play. But at the end of the day, um, I think there's some true belief and a lot of resolve in this group. We're joined right now by Oilers assistant coach Glenn Gullitson. You'd heard him, a three-year contract extension, uh, he and Dave Manson, along with Jay Woodcroft. You've been an NHL head coach. Jay got the call from the uh, – uh, you know, from the minors, you, you a lot of people could have said, "Well, Glenn Gulton could have coached that team." He's already been an NHL head coach twice. How you know? How did your relationship evolve during the course of the season uh, with Coach Woodcroft? Well, you know what? I, I'm going to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, certainly uh, there was that talk out there, but I don't think uh, um, Ken, Kenny Holland certainly made the right decision. I, I don't think uh, you know. For me. Just being honest, I said this to Woody. I've said I'll say this to you: is I I've never seen a guy do a better job coming in. Um, he just did a fantastic job, pushed all the right buttons. Uh, the way he prepared us for games uh, uh, six in, in the the uh, LA series, and then the start of the series against Calgary and throughout that series, I thought it was very impressive for me. I've worked with some real good guys, 
uh, over my time, and uh, I, I thought he he just did a real a really good job. I think he deserves uh, a lot of credit and his extension. Uh, you know, it, it was uh, it was well well deserved. I, I think Rudy did a really good job. Yeah. Going back to the question, Woody and I. You know, we, we went back a long way. You know, Woody and I went back and we used to talk when I was coaching Dallas. And then, you know, when I was in Vancouver, we talked, we'd share contracts because we were both assistants and, you know, trying to help each other out. So it was an easy transition for me coming in with Woody because I knew him, I respected him, and we were friends before. Uh, and then I think it was a good transition for Woody because he, he'd been in the organization. He knew the players. He had relationships yes. with the players. And... uh and then the, the second part of that was, so it's an easy transition. You know, it's not easy to walk into a room with Connor and Leon and then start telling them what to do. But when you have a relationship uh, with these guys, and then he had a great relationship with our young guys, and, and they really, you know, gave us a push from the bottom as well. Yeah, I'd say there's no question about it. Now, one of the reasons why I thought the team was better poised to have playoff success is, you, you know, you, you got Hyman and, and Kane, or Hyman and Keith came in in the off season last year, and then the additions of Kane and Kulak during the course of the year. How do those four players change the complexion makeup of your squad? Yeah, you know, I, I you know, Kenny has some philosophies, and and, and you know it too, and. Um, you know, he 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 like he likes bigger, harder players, and and especially come playoff time. If you look at at you know Heisey and Kaner, um, they they really gave us some weight up there and and some heaviness. And the resolve of Zach Hyman is, is is tremendous. I mean, Kaner's came in had a playoffs that uh, um, you know I believe 13 goals, and the way he finished the season once he got his feet under him, he was he was a big force. He gives us an edge. He plays with an edge out there, so that was a that was a piece that we were missing, and he, he certainly filled that. And then, you know, Heisey's just one of those guys that uh, his work ethic is is uh, is contagious. He's a guy in the locker room that glues people together. You know, young, old. Uh, you know, the the top dogs to the bottom dogs. He just glues people together. And uh, what what an addition he's been. And then, you know, talking about Brett Kulak, I just thought what a perfect fit. Just he just fit. Uh, you know, the way he can skate. I know the character of him. I had Brett for two years in Calgary. Uh, just an, an, an impeccable person, great human being, and um, you know he just he just fit. He can skate back there. He competes, and um, you know he can move the puck, and that's really what our team needed there. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, in, in terms of zone entries, he did the best job defending that amongst all your defenders, and he was committed to the cycle. And he's not the biggest guy. He's not a six foot four or six foot five guy, but he's big enough at six two. And he arrives with speed, which often stops and thwarts opposition players when they're trying to create some things. Glenn Gullitson is the Oilers' assistant coach. Glenn, you run the power play, um, but you have... I don't even think it's a good argument. I think you have the two best offensive players in the world on this team. Okay? Yeah. Uh, so how much of it is structured from a coaching perspective, uh, and how much of it is they're allowed to be freelance for the creative genius of those players? Yeah, you know, stuff. We, we've had these conversations before. I go back to four years when I first started here, right, and uh, the power play the year before I, I, I first got here, you know, wasn't very good. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think Connor still had uh, 100 points. And, you know, basically I, I can remember a lot of the chatter uh, when I got here with Todd um, about, you know, we needing a right shot point man. And, um, you know, here's what we changed. Uh, we changed 
we, we wanted to, the point man to be a facilitator of the power play, not not the anchor of it. Because when you got two great players like Connor and Leon, and and Nuge is, is a is a very good power play player. And uh, when you have those three guys, what you want your defensemen to do is facilitate pucks to those guys in the right spots. We wanted to create a little motion for Connor. We got him uh, off the half wall, standing there. We wanted to get him in motion because you know when you got you got the most dynamic player in the world, and, and you give him motion, he becomes you know dangerous and instinctual, and, and he can make those improv plays. So, to answer your question on that power play, what we really did is we, we created motion on it, and, and that motion created some instinct. Uh, we asked the guys to shoot a little bit more. Um, so that we can create uh, what we call road hockey conditions and then, and, and then let them play. So um, there is certainly light structure and foundation that we always go back to. Um, and, and there are certain things, we, you know, I push them to do. But at the end of the day, we want them in motion, and, uh, and that motion creates some good instinct. Glenn, I just looked up the numbers right now here. Um, the Oilers in eighteen nineteen. that was the first year you were here. They were ninth. Then the last yeah. three years, first, first, and third, uh, pretty good over the last three years. You have Evan Bouchard. He's a heavy bombing right shot. He provides a different men- uh, dimension. You also have Tyson Berry, who a year ago, people forget, led the NHL in points by defenseman. Is there any discussion, and I know we had this privately uh, at the uh, development camp, is there any discussion to perhaps at one point having them both on the power play and lining up uh, potentially a guy like Bouchard, maybe in the left half as as a one-timer for a right shot? Has that ever been through the you know consultation and discussion point when you're sitting there evaluating the personnel that you have? Yep, certainly it has. Um, and I will tell you this, not on a regular basis, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, and, and I'll tell you why it's been a discussion is because, you know, you can set up a power play like, say, Washington has Ovi in there, but l- let's just be honest. Um, uh, Ovechkin's the best goal scorer to ever play the game. So there's there's only probably going to be one of them maybe in the next 10 years um, that can ever do what Ovi did. So to set up your power play, with that one timer on the one side is really saying, all right, we're going to run it through Evan Bouchard. That's not the way we want to run it. We, we want to run it through Connor and Leon. So, but the discussion is coming up because the, the penalty kills in the league have changed somewhat. And, um, and, and they've changed to the fact where they're trying to, uh, in, in, in our opinion, put a stop to some of those things that the Edmonton Oilers do on their power play. So, so sometimes killing the dynamic has changed. So um, at the end of the day, that is a thought we have because some of the teams get static. They try to take away certain things from us and then putting a, a shot there would just open up a different dynamic. We certainly talked about it in the, in the Colorado series. Um, had we played a St. Louis, a Nashville any of those teams that kind of killed differently a little bit, um, like Colorado did, um, we, we certainly thought about it as an option. Yeah, I, well, Colorado, did they not change up their PK after game one? I mean, you guys created a, you created a backdoor open look tapping on the power play, and to me, it looked like they killed you differently starting in game two. Yeah, what they did is uh, really they were a three-up penalty kill to start us, and that, that takes away our downhill, which I talked about earlier. And uh, So if you watch game one in that series, we, we put Connor McDavid actually in front of the net, and he worked low and behind the net back and forth for, for the first game, which 
which created some fits for uh, for Colorado. I thought that uh, he did a really good job back there. They, that we created an open net tap in at, at, in the third period of the first game or at the end. But um, then they changed again. Um, what they did is they just became very static and opened up the the point and just let us shoot from the point. Basically, they just boxed it up, didn't pressure us. And let us bomb away from the point, and that's that's why you saw a change in in, uh, in game three yeah. to having Evan Bouchard up there a couple times. It's just a, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're trying to soften them up a bit. If they're just going to stand there, we're going to try to take some people out. And uh, <laughs> so, at the end of the day, um, we, we did have to change a little bit because they changed. So it's a little bit of cat and mouse always come playoff time when you play somebody seven times. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Glenn, uh, look, we appreciate the time. I think a, a lot of other fans uh, are really excited that you've remained with the staff. There's some good young players coming. McLeod is going to be a factor here in the future. I'm going to be intrigued to see where Holloway and, and Broberg go as well. And the final one I have for you is, um, are you, is your organization adding enough depth to the place that you're going to feel like, don't get me wrong, I'd play Connor and Leon the first 90 seconds too, but as more pieces get added here, does that give you more options in terms of running that power play? Yeah, yeah, no question. No question it does, and we've got more and more depth. I like I like what some of our guys did in, in the second half. Um, but make no mistake, stuff. if they can score in that first minute and 30, we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> 100%. Hey, thanks for uh, making some time for us today, Glenn. Yeah, no problem, stuff. Anytime. That is Glenn Gullitson. He is the Oilers' assistant coach. He is our Oilers now headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Go Hawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. When we come back in Oilers now at 151 in Edmonton, we'll get to this day in Oilers history. To this day in Oilers history for New West Travel, and it involves one of the hardest-hitting, nastiest defensemen that ever played for the Edmonton Oilers. Here's Brendan Escott. 1962, another birthday to celebrate. Former Oilers defenseman Craig Muni, born in Toronto, foretold the Oilers' blue line from 1986 through 1993, posting career highs in points and penalty minutes in his first year with the team. He won the Cup in 1987. They repeated in 1990 before Muni was flipped to Chicago for Mike Hudson. He was a nasty. Uh, they used to basically, he kind of, was he mostly with Kevin Lowe? And uh, they get him on the trolley tracks, right? And angle off uh, the forward from Lowe's side into Craig Muni's side. And Craig had no concerns whatsoever about blowing out knees. He was a nasty hitter, nasty piece of work, and played a long time in the NHL as well. Coming up tonight on Inside Sports, guest host Dave Campbell. What do we got rolling, Brendan? I haven't received a text message. It's a fluid show tonight fluid with Dave show. Campbell on Inside Sports. Tomorrow, uh, we're working on a couple guests ourselves, but we'll definitely have David Staples on from the Cult of Hockey and our NHL insider, John Shannon. Special thanks again to Oilers assistant coach Glenn Gullitson. Let's hope the Oilers are singing this song 
next spring. How would that? How cool would that be? Glenn Gullitson joined us today along with Eric Francis, and he just said it outright. Matthew Kachuk's as good as gone in Calgary. Wow. And Mark Spector, sports and spec for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.